Welcome to Dignity Leadership Podcast. We are so glad you have joined us here today. I'm Rich Levine, the Chief Dignity Officer. And I'm Brooke Coleman, the Chief Inspiration Officer. I practice leadership using my Master's of Science degree in Leadership and Change and a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Sociology. I've examined how people try to work better together my entire career. And I practice leadership using an industrial organizational psychology degree with a focus on organizational behavior. A background in areas of sales, education, and management have allowed me to study and work with people at many different levels. In this podcast series, we want to expose the lessons we have learned through work and life experiences with the intent to encourage more people to learn, to grow, and to become better leaders. Together, we can create a world of dignity. All right, Brooke. So here we are back for another episode in 2022. So, you know, in all these podcast series, we have not talked much about middle management and Mm. I have no idea why. Yes. Yeah. So good morning. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Um, Middle management, that tightrope. It is a tightrope. You know, in your you're either getting pulled up by the top or pushed down by the top, or you're getting pulled down by the people below you because they want your time. And you're in this awkward middle position. So what is middle management anyway? Right. Do you, I mean, do you have a good idea what it is? I, the question is what is middle management? I mean, I feel like you wear 10 different hats all the time. What would you say? All right. So here's the deal. You know me, right? Yeah. So I've got to go out and I've got to find out some real information. So I hit Google. Okay. And I just typed in, what is middle management? The first thing that popped up, I clicked on it and here's what it said. Middle managers are responsible for managing the daily workflow of their team. Their goal is to make sure the day-to-day tasks of their staff are meeting the overall objectives of the company. While working in this role, you'll make sure employees are staying focused on their work. Now, if we break that down, Does that not sound like the CEO of a company? It sounds like you have all the responsibility and the weight on your shoulders. That's exactly what it sounds like. And none of the glory. None of the glory. So you're there, you're busting Mm -hmm. your butt, you're working, you're working your tail off and you're trying to take care of your people. But here's, so here's one of the things and kind of one of the reasons why we started the podcast, right? If we go back and it was to help people become better leaders, you know, to grow out. And what happens with these managers is they get put in these positions and they're like expected to become leaders, but yet they've never had anybody teach them any leadership skills. And so here they are based on this definition, they're pretty much responsible for leadership of a lot of people. They are. And if you think about it, how do you get to that position, right? You've either been in your current position for several years within your current company organization, or, or you're looking at a job um, posting online. It needs 10 years of experience. Well, You've already had, you know, seven or eight, so you give it a shot. But do you have that leadership experience? Probably not. And what does that even mean? Do you even know when you're going into that, you know, into that new level? So here you are stepping up, but what are the tools that you need to take with you? Well, I think some people have. So I've, I've experienced a couple of things. Let's start, let's kind of start that phrase over. So here's what I've experienced: is people are really good at doing tasks, mm-hmm. and they get a lot of things done, and they're a high they're a high performer, high production employee. Yes. And so they tap them on the shoulder and say, guess what? You're the next one up because you're really good at all these things. And then kind of what I've discovered when I've been working and looking, those people that are high performers, high task doers are usually pretty happy where they're at. Mm -hmm. 
and they don't want the pressure of becoming a middle manager, but yet because they're performing well, everybody says, well, you're a leader because you can perform. I started looking for people that come out of the gates running fast, being Mm. really high in performance and production, and then fall off because they're no longer engaged. They need a challenge. So they're looking for some learning. So then I started grabbing them. We start having conversations with them. Hey, Mm -hmm. are you interested? Is there a way we can move you into the different, you know, different parts of the organization and teach you some of these things. Mm -hmm. But then that opens up the other deal. Um, And I'm not going to say I'm the best. Obviously there's a reason why I'm here because I've changed. I've learned. I was a middle manager. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of wrong things, but middle management is they need mentors. They need people that are willing to help them and bring them along and show them the ropes. Um, and, and there's just been a lot of, there's been a lot of gaps in there. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a tough road. It is, it, you know, it, I was just thinking this, as you said it, you can't even move beyond, uh, you can't just go from being an employee to jumping into the C-suite, you know, or an executive level, you have to do your due diligence in that middle management position. And, I think that's the key. So many people want to continue to jump forward. They don't want to stay there. And there is something to that. If you're doing it well, you are, you're looking for training and hopefully the people above you saw that and are pouring into you and really saying, Hey, this is worth investing in. And if not, you know, what are you doing to improve your skill set and to learn because your employees deserve that as well. Um, So there is that self-awareness portion of it, that empathy, that emotional intelligence, that is so key when you move into that new level. Yeah. And there's another component here too, we haven't ever talked about on the show and in middle management, you're also a follower. Absolutely. So not only are you leading teams, but you're also following the, we'll call them the head honchos, (laughs) um, LFAs, the ones that are all the way on the top. And I think today's guest also speaks a little bit of Spanish. Am I correct? You are correct. So you guys aren't going to go all Spanish on me, are you? (laughs) We'll be doing the entire thing in Spanish, uh, subtitles at the bottom. No, just kidding. (laughs) So, so today, um, we do have a middle management person on our show today, correct? We do. It's a guest you invited for us. Um, tell us a little bit about our guest today. Yes. I'm super excited. Um, our guest today is Jaime Cano. He is someone I've had the pleasure of knowing over the last few years. We worked together, um, and then I moved into a position of management, and he became one of my, we went from being colleagues to manager and employee, and quickly moved up the ropes, became a team lead. Um, he's just incredible with people. If I, if I, wanna, if I were to explain Jaime Cano to people, I'd say, he walks into a room, he makes a presence and people talk about him as he leaves. He, he is impressive. He, because he's a people person. And I used to give him a hard time about this too. Like, man, man, you're being too nice. You know, you got it. And he would say, Oh yeah, I know it. But, but I just care so much about the people. He is phenomenal with people. He's also learned how to build curriculum. He does phenomenal training. He is an assistant director at, um, a young early childhood education and development uh, school in Austin, Texas. He's a medical interpreter. 
He is a Spanish medical, medical interpreter at this time, but he's also getting his degree in sign language, which is a beast. It, it's incredible that that skill in itself. And he'll, he'll probably share a little bit about that. It is intense. So let's go back and review. So sign language, mm-hmm. Spanish, yes, English. Yes. What else does he do in, far, in terms of language? Just three? Only well, three? the three spoken <laughs> and written though, too. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just a really cool dude. Um, and I say dude because he is such a good friend as he was a colleague. I, I learned so much from him, even as I stepped into a role of leadership. Um, what else can I tell you about him? And then you said you mm-hmm. met you met Jaime when you were working in the healthcare industry, correct? Yeah. So we met, he was my preceptor. We met in the hospital. Um, I was starting out as a medical interpreter and he had already been there for about a year when I stepped into that role. And uh, my first day at one of our largest hospitals, uh, he was the guy that was showing me around. And on that day, when I talk about being a people person, we would walk into any area of the hospital. I'm talking maternity, surgery, um, ICU even. And people would say, Hey, Jaime. Oh, great. Are you here for me? Hey, are you? Oh, okay. You're showing somebody around. All right. And then they'd say, you've got a great guy right here. And I was just, you know, and here I am just blinking, trying to take it all in at the time, but yeah, incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I'm um, looking through our notes. Cause we, you know, we, we have a few notes in front of us, but he said he learned Spanish growing up in a bilingual home and traveling throughout Mexico. Yeah, he is. Um, he grew up in Southern Texas um, in a bilingual home. And he'll even tell you for him, like learning, learning Spanish was just a part of his growing up. Uh, but I think that medical terminology and just the precision of it, he has honed over the years. Um, and I think, so he doesn't, he did not say this in his little bio, we were asking him like, hi, man, you know, just tell us a little bit about you or more about you. But in his assistant director role, he is also using his bilingual skills because it's a bilingual school. Yeah. And so this is a different path for a guest on our show than we've done before. In the past, we've brought on people with a master's degree in leadership or some type of, they've got some big, you know, accreditation on where they're at. And then, so we bring on Jaime. So I know our listeners are going to go, all right, so you bring in our middle manager, why Jaime? So number one, I believe in bringing the smartest people possible onto Mm -hmm. the show. And if Jaime knows two languages, he's already ahead of me. So he's already smarter than me. So therefore (laughs) he's automatically got instant street cred because he's smarter than me. And I like surrounding myself because I can learn something from somebody that knows more than me. And then another interesting tidbit that you were telling me about when we were getting ready to work with Jaime is he's a husband and a father of twin daughters, twin daughters. And those girls are firecrackers. They are so fun. They're bilingual. It's incredible. Like the entire family is bilingual. So it's just so fun to watch them all together. And his wife is an artist. She is so talented. Um, I just love watching all the dynamics. This is the neat thing about Jaime. He wears so many different hats. When we talk about middle management that, and you know, I even said that you're wearing 10 different hats in his life. He, he just embodies that as it is. And um, I think that's what makes him such a great middle manager and a follower and that leader. Well, and then you talk about balance and diversity. And another note is you told me he's also a musician. 
He's yeah, he's done it all. And at one point he had started a, a catering company. Um, he was a vegetarian for years tidbit. He eats meat now, but <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't bring that up. We'll be good. Yeah, no, he's, he's done so many, he's willing to test the waters to jump in and to try something new. Well, that's awesome. So let's see, he's entrepreneur. He teaches, um, he's a director of education. He's raising a family. He's a medical interpreter. He's a musician, a chef, I think it's probably about time we just uh, we introduce Jaime to to our audience. Yes, it is time. All right. So welcome to the show. We have Jaime Cano. Jaime, welcome. Thank you so much. Hi, how are you doing? We're doing great. So I got to ask you a question. How do we do on your bio? That was uh, that was excellent. Uh, I feel um, very proud for uh you know you be proud you, you, you being able to read that about me that's great <laughs> you got a lot of you got a lot of great accomplishments so <clears throat> one of the things i always do when i bring people on and i'm gonna you know as a guest first time guest on here hi may is what is your definition of leadership that's a great question um you know and i really like how uh you know in the intro you were both talking about middle management. And, you know, that really brings to mind um, really the difference between manager and leader. Um, hopefully in that Venn diagram, you know, there's a lot of crossover uh, with the two. But essentially, you know, as a manager, as you said, you know, at a minimum, you're just making sure everybody's on task, getting their work done, staying productive. And the difference between somebody who's simply a manager versus a leader is that leader is somebody who can really, you know, using their social skills, that's, that's really intrinsic in, in a leader. But somebody who can use those social skills to guide another person or a whole team from wherever they're at to a place of completion, be it with a project or a goal or different challenges, there's somebody who using their social skills can really take you from wherever you're at to wherever you're going. Hmm. So did, did you have a, a mentor to help you develop your social skills or is this something that you think you've just come along naturally? I mean, I'm still, I feel like developing my social skills. Um, I'm a very social person, but something that I'm, I'm really trying to get better about and learn from different, you know, mentors is how to use those social skills to really be a good listener, to really be a good, um, somebody who can really hear what somebody needs and be able to guide them in the way that really speaks best to them. So I, I think, you know, I, I've, I'm naturally just a, a talker. I'm a social person. I'm, I like, you know, meeting new people and, and interacting with people. But I, I think, you know, where I'm really learning to grow um, is from, you know, the, the boss that I currently have um, at the preschool where I work. Um, she's been a director and a teacher for longer than anybody else that I know for decades and decades and decades. And so I really learned a lot from her. I learned how to um, be that leader 
for a staff of teachers that are very diverse, very diverse backgrounds, um, very diverse levels of experience, and just how she is really able to, you know, take them from one place that they start to becoming, uh, you know, incredible teachers uh, that gives our school such a great reputation. So I learn a lot from her. Um, I tend to learn a lot, honestly, from my family. Um, you know, my family it really has shown me in in very positive ways my weaknesses socially you know i can also be an emotional person i can also be sometimes hot-headed so um I, i've really learned how to uh temper those things so that i can just be a good husband and father uh sometimes you know our personalities get away uh, get in the way of that but I, so i learn a lot from my family as well so you've touched on a couple things that pique my interest as so we're just going to put you in the bucket. We're not trying to categorize you, but we're going to stick you in there anyway of middle manager. And you've mentioned several times that you're in this constant learning phase. Yeah. So number one, I think that what's really key here is that you've always got to be willing to learn. And number two, the other thing you keep touching on is that you haven't said the word yet, but you're self-aware. You understand how your actions may impact somebody, whether it be positive or negative. And then I hear you saying you're taking that feedback, which is awesome. And you're going, you know, like your family keeps you in check. Okay. Well, you know, I believe a lot of families keep us in check, but what are you doing about that? Are you continuing to be the same quote unquote jerk, or are you trying to take that information back and become better? And what I hear from you, Jaime, and, and talking with you is you're constantly like, okay, how can I get a little better? Absolutely. Um, and again, I think that is, you know, one of the qualities of being an effective leader uh, is somebody who can really humble themselves. And like you said, just be very self-aware so that, you know, you know where your limitations are, you know where your weaknesses are, and you are humble enough to look around you and see most most of the time that there is a wealth of knowledge and information amongst the people that we're surrounded by. And so I feel like, uh, you know, one of the things that makes somebody a good leader is recognizing that and being able to um, use that feedback and use that information to grow as a person, but also to grow as that manager, as somebody who is in a position uh, of leadership. What about, yeah, what about taking those same skills because you do that so well and building the training that you need for, for your employees at your school? I know that within the healthcare system, as an interpreter, you were helping with a training um, system, right? You, got, you were creating an entire curriculum there. Um, talk about that and just how one, your position in that, like, you know, where you needed in that. And then also why, like, why is that even important? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, for me, education um, is so important in my life, particularly because I love learning and I love learning new things, new skills, but I also love teaching 
And, you know, for me, my instinct is to teach. And so as soon as I learn something new, whether I really understand it or not, I want to teach somebody else. I want to, I want to show other people this new thing and this, this new information that I now have that, that I just think everybody should have. Um, so both of those really work together. And so one of the things that I use when I'm developing training for either teachers or for interpreters that I'm currently working for um, is I try to figure out what makes sense to me. So if I'm trying to learn this really difficult uh, concept, uh, for example, you know, detransposition of the great arteries in the heart, and I'm trying to learn what that means, what structurally that looks like in the heart, um, how that affects, you know, the the blood flow in the heart. Um, what are the possible procedures and treatments? All when I'm trying to learn all of those things, um, I really sort of pay attention to that. What was helpful to me when I was trying to learn these complicated uh, ideas? What did I use as either mnemonics or you know, ways to remember these concepts. Um, And then that's what I sort of use to implement in my trainings. The other part of that too is, um, again, I really try to use social skills, but, but effective social skills to figure out how to really reach people on an individual level um, and also obviously on, on a group level, but each, each member of that group has to be competent and they have to know what they have to know to do their job well. So I really try to find ways that speaks to the individual um, and, and again, stay humble and receive that feedback. Um, I just put, finished putting, I'm oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Well, I have a question there. I just want to, you said you have to really hone in on, you know, the social skills for the individual. That is huge in leadership, right? I mean, you need to know your people, but how do you do that? How do you do that? Have you thought about that? Part of the way that I do that is, um, you know, really, and it's a fine line. You know, I, I think as a middle manager and, and I think um, y'all had earlier used the, the expression, you know, stuck in the middle. Um, and, and I really celebrate the middle. I, I really do. I, I think that in the middle or as middle manager, um, one of the things that you can do is, yes, there is a level of professionalism and you have to draw a line between friends and coworkers sometimes, or friends and colleagues, especially if you're in a leadership position, sometimes, you know, drawing a line between friends and subordinates uh, can be very important. But there is also really a level of getting to know your team on a personal level, not just to figure out what makes them tick and what makes them learn or how they learn best, but how to properly and effectively engage them Mm. so that they continue to be productive. They continue to be interested in learning more about the field. And so to me, asking somebody how their day's going, asking somebody how their weekend was, how their family's doing, remembering their kids' names, remembering the fact that they have family in another country, remembering these different things about their personal lives is a way to connect with each other, but it's also a way for me to show them, I really care about you and I care about what you need to be able to perform. Mm. 
at, at your peak level. So I feel like it's all really part of the same strategy. So you've, you mentioned a couple more things that have got me yeah. really going that I just absolutely love. I love what you're about and where you're at. And you, you're a natural born leader, I can tell already. And only 10% of the world's population are natural born leaders. Did you know that only 10% of the world's <laughs> population are natural other, born leaders? The other 90% of us have to learn. So I've had yep. to go through the school of hard knocks. Jaime, I wish I had your intuition and your, um, and your just gut instincts to do the right things. Because everything you're talking about is everything I've been trained on to do. But you brought up two things that I, that I absolutely love. Number one, you keep coming back to this thing that you, you keep saying that you're willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And then to top it off where you are stuck in the middle, we'll just use that term. That's just absolutely phenomenal. Is you said, then you want to go and you want to teach others. Yeah. So you've, you're learning, but then you're not holding the information. You're out sharing it with other people and that helps develop them, makes them better. So now I've got the ultimate question for you and there's no right or wrong answer, but are you a leader? Or are you a follower? That, that's a that's a really great question, and and you know one of the reasons that um, I feel like I celebrate being in that middle position is because I believe I'm I'm a good leader, and I feel like I'm a, also a really good follower. So I would say both. Um, you know, I, I'm I, I feel like I'm really adept at working to support both you know the the team the boots on the ground so to speak and then also the leadership that is above me um i feel like i'm really great at connecting both sort of parts of the organization um i feel like i'm a good advocate for both you know whenever leadership has a task that needs to be done and there's no ifs ands or buts i feel like i'm great at conveying that message, but also explaining why it's important. This is something I've also had to learn along the way is the why, the all important why. Um, so I feel like I'm getting really good at explaining why these things are important, but also expressing to leadership, well, in order to do this, this is what our team is going to need. So I feel like I'm a great advocate for both. Um, but, you know, it can be exhausting sort of, you know, being in a leadership position and making those final decisions and finding those creative solutions and making sure everyone is on task and completing their work, that can be super exhausting. And I do love that challenge sometimes. I love using my creativity and intelligence to find new ways of accomplishing goals and creating efficiencies and designing training and curriculum. But sometimes I don't want to do that. Sometimes that's very exhausting and I have my own things that I have to work on and my own productivity that I need to be keeping up with. So sometimes it really feels nice to just be told what to do. And it feels nice to, you know, just let someone lead me and to just do the task at hand and accomplish it and do it well, ask for something that I might need. Um, so, so that's why I feel like it's really you know, it, the more that I think about it, it's important to sort of be both. And right now I'm, I'm actually considering all the other things I, I have going on in my career. I really like having the opportunity to be both. So when we were talking earlier in, in the introduction, we we're talking about the, you're going through your bio and bringing you on. Um, Brooke mentioned that you're one of those people that everybody knows, everybody likes, everybody loves, and everybody wants to be around Jaime. What what do you think that you bring into an organization or a team that sets you apart from 
we'll just set you apart from the pack, from everybody else. What, I mean, what makes Jaime different or special or unique that no one else has? Well, um, this is going to require me to speak not so humbly about myself. But you are very humble and we appreciate that. So, I mean, let's hear it. Honestly, Mm -hmm. throw it out there. Well, you know, uh, I know this sounds super simple and and I know that it sounds, um, you know, maybe a little trite, but what I've been told before is that I, I, I guess three things, you know, one, I'm a very friendly person and friendly uh, really gets you pretty far, I have to say. Um, so, you know, I'm a very friendly person. I, I think I have a friendly demeanor. I tend to smile a lot. That's sort of my default face. Um, and I have resting. I, I, but, sorry to interrupt, but contrary, mine is the resting, <laughs> resting. Wound, but it's yeah. everybody's like, Rich, why do you look like you're pissed off? <laughs> Resting mad face. Yeah, resting mad face. There you go. I need your ability to smile more. Yes, it's so good. Well, it's my uh, it's my default. Like I said, you know, I smile when I'm feeling good, when I'm feeling nervous, when I'm feeling bad. It's just my default. So, um, but you know, that's one you know thing that I feel uh, really helps break down barriers and really breaks eases tension and and helps create a more personalized relationship with people. Um, I've also been told that when I speak with people that I really sort of make them feel like I'm, I'm putting a hundred percent of my focus on what they're saying and what they, you know, what they need and what they're trying to communicate. And that engagement, I, I think really helps people feel that they're important and it helps people feel like what they are and what they do and what they need matters. Um, And the other part of that too is I, I just, I think I just bring, I'm not a hyper person. I'm just very active. And so I think I bring this level of energy that's not exploding out, out of the, out of the walls or out of the room, but it's an active energy and people can see that people see that I'm, I'm, busy. I'm always doing things. I'm always working. I'm always working on something. I'm always starting something new. I'm always just sort of stepping into the the empty space where things need to just be done, stepping up and stepping forward sort of thing. So I think it's those three qualities that I've been really told. I'm going to test one of your qualities and we're just going to put you in a real life scenario for our listeners out there that might be like you and be in this middle management position. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, Jaime, is what advice would you give other middle managers that have a problem and you're trying to communicate that problem uphill to Mm. your boss, your manager, your leader? And how do you, I mean, what keys do you use? How do you get that message to get it communicated? I'm sure you're not hundred percent successful because I don't think anybody can always push stuff uphill. It's very difficult, but you have any advice that you'd give our listeners? Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, this is something that I am working on currently with uh, one of my teams is always approach your leadership or your team as a whole. When there is an issue, when there's something that needs to be resolved, when there's a problem, always come with as many solutions to said problem as you possibly can. 
So if there's a if, if there's an issue that my team is experiencing, I get a lot of complaints about we don't have enough equipment to do X, or um, our chairs are very uncomfortable. So I need a backrest because that's going to help me be more productive and stay on for longer on my shift. Um, so what I'm trying to work with my team on is showing them, okay, so what do you feel is the best solution for X? What do you think is going to be reasonable, affordable, uh, something that will not take months and months and months to, to obtain? So just trying to allow people the opportunity to think through a solution and then take that to leadership. And, and, and the same can work both ways. You know, if you have an issue with one of your subordinates or one of your employees, always coming to the table with those solutions is absolutely helpful. And the other part too, is that people are so much more receptive to hearing issues or problems when it's created in that sandwich sort of format. We're going to start with the positive. We're going to get to the nitty gritty and the negative in the middle, and we're going to end with something positive as well. So when you're, you know, talking to one of your employees over an issue, it's always important to have those solutions. This is how I think you can fix this issue that we're having. But it's also important to start with, look, you do this and this and this really well. This is the area where you really kind of need to focus and make some improvements and adjustments. But we really appreciate all of these things that, that you are thriving in. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. It is. So, so as I listen to you, speak, there's another component I'm hearing that you have, you've touched on a couple of times, but it's energy. Mm -hmm. How, how do you stay this positive, this focused all the time with all the things you're doing? I mean, so you said your default phase is a smile, <laughs> obviously your default, your default um, energy level has got to be like max, you know, 2000 or something. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> Yeah, that is a great point. I got to say all the years I've known you, I walk into a room, it can be 6am. That's when our shift started back in the day. Uh, you were bright eyed and bushy tailed, even though you were tired, even though you'd oh, yeah. three hours, you know, so truly, how do you do it? What do you do? What is your magic? <laughs> you know, it used to be uh, a lot more natural, I would say, until I hit my 40s. Um, <laughs> and now, you know, it's it's a little bit more supplemented uh, than, it, than it used to be. Um, but, you know, part of it is really, um, like I said, you know, before figuring out how to, you know, really balance all of those things, there, there's times when... You know, I, I consider my professional life my professional life. And so I don't take my, typically, I don't take my mood to work. I don't take my personal life to work. I don't take those things to work. I really feel like I'm good at leaving those things at the door. And that allows me, again, to, to be successful in my professional life. But it has to go somewhere. It's that law of thermodynamics. It has to, you know, it has to go somewhere. It doesn't just disappear. So part of it is having a really good or several outlets for those not so good feelings, the negative feelings, um, 
that uncertainty, sometimes the frustration and anger when, like you said earlier, things don't go your way. You don't have that 100% success rate. You've worked and worked and worked on something and it just doesn't go right. Um, there has to be an outlet for that. And I recommend several, like I said, several outlets for that. One of mine is running. I love running. Um, and, and that just, it, it saves me. I have to say. And it also is great for physical energy. Um, the other part of that too is really having this belief that you are going to get through this. You know, having this this really this faith in in your own ability to overcome. You know, maybe it's not going to be easy and maybe it's going to take a really long time or it's going to require you to step outside of your comfort zone or learn this new skill. But having that faith that you yourself can accomplish what you set out to accomplish really gives me that impetus and that that motivation to just really continue to hit life uh, running. I mean, sorry for the pun. (laughs) Yeah, hit life running. So I'm going to go to on a humble moment on my side and. So I played athletics all the way through high school. I probably should have played college athletics. I had an opportunity. I didn't do it. And I discovered beer, pretzels, and pizza, potato chips, and all bad for you. And then lo and behold, you know, I'm, I'm out working. I'm in middle management. And my son comes up, and he was probably four or five, maybe six. And I had a beer belly. And he hits me in the gut and says, Dad, you're fat. It was, it was a, it was an awakening, but like you're saying, you're running. So, you know, if there's listeners out there and you feel like you're in a jam or you're stuck, you know, do something, whether it be meditation, whether it be yoga, whether it's running, lifting weights, go find a hobby that helps you clear your mind from all the clutter because the, the work um, life balance with stress and everything right now is off the charts. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that Um, so I've done some things in my life to become a better person. And one of them is eating healthier and working out more and doing all these things. And my mind is so much clearer. I have way more energy. I'm way more positive. And I think, and you mentioned it earlier, Jaime, and you didn't quite say it like this, but it's mind, body, and spirit. And you embodied it throughout this whole podcast. As we've been talking, you've been, you've been going through these different things. You talk about your beliefs, um, you know, talking about your values, talking about all these different things you do that take care of yourself. I, I mean, hats off to you. You're, you're, um, you're definitely in the minority, I would say in the world when it comes to middle management and I'm not, you know, and I'm not eliminating all the other middle managers that are listening and saying, because you don't do what Jaime does, doesn't mean you're a good one. What I'm saying is Jaime's at the high end of the spectrum and he's incredible. And there's one other thing that we haven't talked about yet. And we kind of talked about it when we were working with you on our prep for the show and stuff, Jaime, um, and when we work on that prep is, and you have this energy and during that prep, you kept saying all the time, you know, I'm willing to step up. I'm willing to step up. And I think you repeated that a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Why is stepping up as a middle manager so important? Well, um, you know, I, I can uh, say that in my personal experience and, and, you know, in, in my careers uh, that I've had, you know, throughout many years, um, it's just really allowed me to 
have opportunities to learn and grow and participate in meetings and trainings and events that I otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to to participate in as somebody who is just doing the minimum. Um, you know, find you know seeing those areas of need and stepping into them proactively um, really has also you know increased my skill set to be quite honest. Um, and as a result, it's allowed me to really improve my resume. Mm. Um, most of the time, 99% of the time, doing that makes your job more interesting. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, in that saying, you know, if you're bored, it's your own fault. Um, there's so much to do always, you know, you just have to look for it. And in a, in a professional setting, uh, when you're when you're somebody who's able to do that, not only are you helping the team, you're helping yourself, you're helping your own um, your own department, your own organization. Um, you're showing your leadership what you're capable of, and that you're not just going to let problems persist. Um, and it's also really the one thing I feel like beyond all other things that has allowed me to step into leadership positions in almost every single job that I've had. You know, when I was um, 16, I had a job on campus uh, on, at the university in Austin, um, or one of, um, and it was just a campus store job. And so I was the 16-year-old high school kid working with a bunch of college kids. And pretty quickly, I would say within a year, I became one of the supervisors. So I was the supervisor to all of these, you know, 20-something about to graduate from college seniors. And all of them assumed that I was their age or at least in college. But the biggest reason for that, and it's kind of been that way ever since, um, the, the biggest reason for that is because I saw what needed to be done. I didn't wait. I didn't hesitate. I asked for guidance when necessary, but I just did it. I stepped in and did it because it just needed to be done. Well, and I can attest to that. I mean, we were in a, a place of transition several years ago when um, I was managing the department that you were in and there was, you know, positions had been cut, you know, we were extremely lean and um, I would say I was in that place of middle, middle management at that point too, mm -hmm. dealing with C-suite all day long and really needing to be there for our team. And you came in and uh, I just remember it so well, just your willingness to say, what can I do? What can I do that will A, help you, but will help our team as well? And it took me a minute to even think through that, right? Right? Like, um, hmm, that's a great question. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm holding so many things right now and I'm trying not to let any ball drop. And inevitably mm -hmm. something does drop, especially when you're pulled in so many different directions. And for you to come in and see that and to really just say, I am here to help and I want to learn. That was so key. And on a leadership side, that's a learning tool for your leader as well, because I had this opportunity to say, Oh, wow. A, you want to help. This is phenomenal. B, you want to learn. What do I have to show you? How do I teach you what you need to know so that you can grow? But that, yeah, that's a huge benefit for everyone. So you, yeah. What, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, I was really, um, I really wanted to support you as my colleague, as my friend, 
Um, so that was uh, really important to me. You know, I, you and I had a personal relationship. So that, that was a, a big part of my motivation. Um, but I have to say, you know, I'm really glad that, that I did um, just because I, I did learn a lot from you. And I learned quite a bit about how to be an effective leader. You know, um, as I was saying before, you know, there is a difference between leader and manager, but there's also a difference between effective leadership and, and regular old leadership. And I feel like I learned a lot about those things from you specifically. I learned a lot about how to be assertive and not having to get what you want through yelling or through intimidation or, or even to to be passive and, and to give in every single time because sometimes that wasn't appropriate or the right decision to make. So I learned a lot about how to be assertive and, and to give people the respect and dignity when they're speaking to you and you're in a leadership position. Um, I learned a lot about how to encourage people to be more independent and, and have a, a higher quality work ethic so that we, you, know, you weren't having to micromanage all the time. And there were occasions where you had to step in um, and correct someone's course of action. Um, but I learned a lot about that. How, how do you um, teach people how to be more independent and get the work done and find their own motivation? Um, I also, you know, you allowed me to go to a lot of trainings, a lot of leadership development courses. Um, and so, so to be honest, I, I hope, you know, that, that I helped you um, in a way that allowed you to really thrive. I feel like you were a great leader, uh, a great manager as well. Um, but honestly, it helped me. You know, part of that, that stepping up helped me tremendously. I feel like I'm a much better leader now. As a result, I learned so many more things. And to just get down to, to the nitty gritty, I have so much more to put on my resume as a result. Yeah. That's important. You, yeah. you have an impressive resume, but unfortunately, Jaime, we're up to the end of this segment of the show. Um, I want to thank you for coming on and opening up your heart and your humility with all of our listeners. It's what you've got to share is pretty powerful. So I can't thank you enough. Thanks you to you guys. Um, what you guys are doing is really incredible. And I feel like the more I see uh, different managers, the more need I see for quality leadership training and development. You can, you can help us because you can yeah. go out on the social media and you can like, share, comment on all of our posts. You can follow us on all these different platforms. Um, but honestly, we appreciate you. So with that, we thank you, Jaime. Have a great day. You do the same. Thank you both so much. All right. All right, Brooke, that was a pretty awesome interview. That we're going to bring, yeah. bring Kevin in on this because we're going to close this out. we got 15 minutes. Oh, great. I got three questions. Just what I was hoping. <laughs> so maybe we start with you, Kevin. All right. So after you speak with somebody like Jaime, what'd you learn? Um, well, the first thing I learned, Rich, is that at this point in my life, I don't want to go into middle management. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough role, isn't it? Um, it, it is, absolutely. Um, but I'm one of those people I like to be in. Well, something I think I learned from uh, from Jaime is that you can be a leader and still somewhat have like a servant's heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Which yeah. people like me who are people, you know, reds look at that and like servant. I'm nobody's servant. That's a sign of weakness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dominate. But, yeah. yeah. But it's actually the opposite because to be a leader, you need to serve the people who follow you and the people who rely on you for whatever it is that you do, um, you know, for them. 
be it leading them through a job or for providing them a, a, a service, something like that. Um, so it's not, it's not in any way threatening one's hubris. Those two actually can coexist very effectively. I think, in fact, it's a requisite almost. Yeah, no, he, he's got a great balance. He's just got a presence about him when you're around him. It's like, Holy cow, dude, where'd you get all this? So Brooke, what'd you learn? I am reminded of why I was so grateful for his presence. Um, what I learned about him is he said it, but I just, it, it came back to me stepping in when you're just saying yes. Yeah, to, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. what it really was. Yeah. He never said that, but that was my takeaway. You say yes. His you actions, say yes. His actions yeah. led with what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could pick up on that. It's also very beneficial that he has the default smile because yeah. I have no poker <laughs> face. Like, as you guys noticed today when he first came in and I was stressed like about the computer, I, I could have just played it totally cool and everything worked out fine. Yeah. But no, I'm like ripping, you know, I'm, I thrive on appearing um, effective and competent. You know what I mean? So if anything goes wrong, I, I freak out, but it's not, it's not necessary. You know, I need to be, to be better at that. It's just staying cool. That is one of his superhero superpowers. I, I'm not going to lie, but I know him well, we became great friends, which was so cool. Cause um, I tend to separate business and, and, you know, friendship and everything. They're usually not together. Um, he's a great friend now, but that man is juggling 10 balls. Always, you know, always going, 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 going. You would never know though. Yeah. He says he's hot headed. I'm like, I can't picture him flying off the handle at all. He he has it. He has his moments. He has the capacity for it. I think we all do. Every human being has it. If you press the right button, sure. somebody eventually. Well, that's a good point. But cool. you know but what? To he balances point? it out, right? He says he exactly. goes out and he does things like run. He plays. He's a musician. He cooks. He does mm-hmm. all these things to go and relieve some of that stress. Healthy how- outlets. Yes. But how how I, outlets? I don't have. <laughs> so if you look at American society, and I'm just going to categorize it. What do, what do we see when we do it? And you see it on TV all the time. You go do your job and then you go home, you eat a bag of potato chips, you grab a beer out of the fridge and you eat a pizza and you lay on the couch, you turn into a couch potato. That's right. That yep. does not help anybody. I'm really sorry if people are offended by that, but you got to get up and you got to do something. Even if it's just a simple hobby, if it's making puzzles, if it's reading books, just go do something, but just don't sit there. And then you get self-absorbed into TV and then you start listening to all that garbage, right? And mm-hmm. we go on. But I know I can already see it on your Facebook hmm. and you're looking at me right now. You're saying, Hey, Rich, what did you learn? Rich, what <laughs> did you learn today? Um, I see now you caught me off guard because I was trying to be all funny. <laughs> stuff. One thing I learned about is, is his willingness to always be learning and he's coachable. Yes. I mean, he never came out once and said, Hey, I'm coachable. You could just pick up on how he was talking. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're out there in middle management and you want to help is you got to be coachable so you can understand what your leaders above you want. So you can take and teach that message below, which is another thing he said, he's willing to learn. And then he wants to go teach. And I think there's so many people that want to do one or the other, right. And to be effective, you've got to do both. So it's, I thought that was pretty cool. I agree with when he's saying, always. Oh, I'm sorry, we're going to make a good job um, about always be learning just particularly applied to me because in this business, you know, it's constantly changing and the spot to learn about what's new and what's happening and what's, you know, going to be in the future is from younger people. I have to realize, you know, I'm not, I still think I'm like the age of when I graduated college, but I'm like, no, I'm in the mid thirties now. And I don't know all about this stuff, you know, and things are changing. And now I'm one of the older guys. So I need to stay plugged in with these people. You're the monster millennial. I I know, but I I need to be always learning and evolving because it's always changing. You know, I had a, um, I went to a a speaker event sponsored by an organization I used to work with 
and they had a futurist come out and talk to us. And one of the things that she said you should do, and I love this idea, and you just touched on it, is go find a reverse mentor. Go find somebody that's young and start talking to them because they're the future. They're going to tell you what they want and they don't have any filters. And it's where the world's going. Right now, if you go talk to a regular mentor, it's based off their past experiences, right? Mm -hmm. You go talk to somebody younger and they're just getting into it. They're like, here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm going. And they're excited. I mean, they're still excited about stuff. You know, you go to the other side, even with management and everything. Once you get there and you've been in the grind for a while, you're just doing the deal. When you step into it, and that's what you say in Jaime all the time, though, there's this excitement about everything he's doing. He's he's like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, willing to say yes, you know, stepping up willing to learn, asking questions. He asks so many questions, which is, which is that child. Like, I mean, you're talking yeah. about millennia, you know, people coming up, what makes it great. You're still curious. Well, that makes, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Makes him a great leader is he's mm-hmm. willing to, he's, he's patient and he asks those questions so he can learn more. He's not asking questions to grill you. He's mm-hmm. asking questions to learn about you. I think that's important. You said something earlier that was so key. You honed in on, you know, we've had so many people on the show that um, have multiple degrees, you know, are well-known in whatever they're doing. And now we have a middle manager that's doing so many different things and he doesn't hold uh, multiple degrees. He does. And yet he's a lifelong learner Yes, and he's always willing to try something new. And if you just sit down with him, you're like, Oh, wait, you've done this. You've done this. You've done, you know, it's so interesting. Yeah. So next question then. So the first one is, is what did we learn today? So number two, how do we, where do we go from here? How do you grow from what we just mm. learned? And we put that into real life. So taking what Jaime just taught us, what, what do we do next? Well, that ties in perfectly with how I answered the first question. At this point, I don't want to be a middle manager, <laughs> but I would certainly like to have one. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that would, that would be fantastic. Somebody who's effective like that, who's always someone, you know, young is always asking questions and that, that would be fantastic. That would be a, that would be a pipe dream for a small little entrepreneurial company like we all have, right? It is exactly. <laughs> but I'm like someday, next? man, you never know. <laughs> you know, one thing I think I can learn from him um, is something I've been working on and he, he brought up very well, my resting mad face. I mean, the guy's always smiling. He's always positive. Um, just his ambition for life. How do you do that? I, I think I do it a lot right now, but obviously when you meet somebody like Jaime, you can increase it. So one of the things I'm going to work on is, is how can I become more of what I already am? So in other words, how can I become better? Because if I stay the same, right, if I'm the same today as I was yesterday, I'm not growing No. So now I got to figure out, okay, I got to take a little piece of Jaime and I got to use that. And it's like, okay, I got to, even if it's just the thickness of a piece of paper tomorrow, because what happens after you have a whole ream of papers, now we're that much better. And then we keep doing it over time and we can get to a place where I mean, I don't know if Jaime's naturally born with that much energy, but dang it, I want some of it. I need to grow or someone's going to pass me by, you know? Yes. This podcast thing isn't this new, exciting, up-and-coming medium anymore. It's established, <laughs> you know? Yes. I'm not the only guy out there anymore. There's plenty of them. And to stay ahead, you really got to always be always be growing and learning. Well, you're the only podcast producer in my world, okay? So well, that's, that's all true. that matters. Thanks. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm not cheating one. on you. Well, thanks, yes. guys. Hope it stays there. yeah. I would say me, it, it was, he started with this. Listen, because I'm a talker. I'm a talker. And, um, <laughs> but listening is so key because 
there is that humility to him too. I, I admire that so much because I respect his willingness to say yes to just about anything. And he's not afraid to fail. He never said that. No, but he you're, didn't, you're not but... willing to say yes to that many things. If you're not afraid of it, when, exactly. when you are a perfectionist and I yeah. feel like I'm always a recovering perfectionist, I say no before I even say yes, because of the fear of maybe failing. And that's, that's something I'm continuously working on. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's got any fear. I mm-hmm. didn't see any fear in his eyes. Did you mm-hmm. see any fear in his eyes? No. Yeah. I didn't hear it in his, I didn't hear no, it either. I know. I'm someone who will say yes just immediately and be like, well, if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out later. But yeah. still during that time, I'm very afraid of failing. <laughs> but I realize that's definitely a possibility. Here's something I picked up and I'd be willing to guess about Jaime is number one, he's going to say yes. But then number two, he's not just going to go assume he knows how to do it. He'll ask some questions. Yeah. He'll find resources and ask questions on how he can do it because he doesn't. I picked up on this too. He doesn't want to let anybody down. No. He wants to make sure he gets it across. And I think, I mean, those two daughters of his, those two daughters have got to have the best dad in the world because he's not going to let them down. Well, like Brooke said, though, you can really let that get to you if you're a perfectionist, the fear of letting someone down. It, you really can. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that you need to be willing to let go of. Yeah. So now the next one, how do we use this? How do we move forward and use it in our lives today? Taking what Jaime taught us and go forward. Oof. You want to take this one? <laughs> yeah. 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 Somebody else. Take the torch. Um, I, I guess what I really need to be doing is, okay, this is something that uh, Jaime definitely made me realize is that I have been a little bit stuck and not growing lately. And I think a lot of people have been just because of what's been going on in the country in terms of the pandemic and whatnot. It hasn't been a particular time of prosperity and growth. But just because that stuff's happening doesn't mean you can't always be growing. I can still be implementing those things that he was just talking about even during this time and not let it get, not get in my own head too much about, um, I think a lot of people have, especially small business owners get into this thing where they feel bad for themselves right now. And like all this, you know, and it's not my fault, but it kind you still can be growing and making your business, making yourself better at what you're doing, even especially now when things are growing, getting better. Um, but I would say that, yeah, don't let this, don't, keep telling yourself that you can't grow during this time because you definitely can. Yeah. You can grow at all times, right? You don't change. Uh, what is it? You don't change the flower. You change the environment. Hmm. Yeah. I've never heard that. I never I heard like that. Yeah. 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 You don't change the flower. You change the environment. Yeah. If a flower is not growing, you don't go replace the flower, right? You change go, the soil. You go change Just, it. Exactly. Yeah. You okay. add water, you add fertilizer, you add soil, whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what it takes about growing up, you know, helping being mm-hmm. a mentor, or growing leaders, or whatever the person's going to be there. We just got to change the environment around and make it better for them. Yeah, I would say, yeah. And I would, I would say, um, uh, thinking through this a little bit, I, he, he reaches out beyond himself, even in times where things are hard, he's always looking beyond himself. Yeah. And I always feel so much better when I'm looking beyond myself. If I get stuck in who I am or stuck in this, yeah, whatever that mind loop is, um, I'm not my best self. And, um, in that sense, I've always admired Jaime. Um, I'd like to do more of that. You know, and he, one other thing he never talked about, he never mentioned the word ego. He always said humility. You yes. can tell he's a very humble guy. He yeah. does not have an ego, but what he does have is a tremendous amount of self-confidence. And what he might not even see now, he has an incredible sense of purpose and everyone around him benefits from that purpose because his, his true goal in life is just to continue growing. Well, when you have purpose, 
you give hope. And when you have hope, you inspire. When you inspire, then people want to work for you. Yes. There's a reason why the guy's so likable and why yeah. he's so successful as a middle manager. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say it when we we're talking to him today, but when we were interviewing him, getting ready for the show, um, he kept saying he doesn't want to move up. He wants to stay right there. That's a sweet spot. But with yep. that, we're up at the, against the end of the hour. So um, it's time we close this podcast down. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us today on our leadership journey. If you're looking for more leadership guidance, please reach out to us and give us a follow on your favorite social media platform. Dignity-leadership.com on the World Wide Web. Dignity Leadership Consulting on Facebook. Dignity Leadership, all one word on Instagram. Dignity Leadership on LinkedIn. Dignity Leadership, one word on TikTok. Dignity Leadership Live on YouTube. At DLC with Rich on Twitter. And at DLC Brooke at Twitter. So keep paddling. Keep paddling. Mm-hmm.